Welcome to This Wayfaring Life, where we celebrate coming fully alive to the adventure of following Jesus. I'm your host, Dawn Jackson. Each week, we lean into stories and conversations of faith and hope seasoned with just enough grit to give you traction. I'm glad you're here. Hi, friends. Welcome to This Wayfaring Life where this season is all about a call to risky living. And that is risky, not reckless. There is a difference. In fact, we will see some of that today. Now, hopefully you had a chance to listen in to last week's episode where we did did a bit of a deep dive on what a Wayfair actually is. And we will be unpacking that throughout this first season. But suffice it to say that if you are game to leaning into this adventure of leaving the comfortable spaces of life and walking by faith, then you, my friend, are a wayfarer. Now, besides launching this podcast, I've also launched a brand new website for my business, and my business is called This Wayfaring Life. And this business is growth coaching for life, leadership, and spiritual formation. So I hope when you get a minute, you check that out. You'll find it. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's thiswayfaringlife.net. And it'll talk about all the different opportunities for coaching, as well as some really fun things. I'm in the process of planning where we will have wayfaring experiences and wayfaring adventures. And of course, on the podcast, I'll make sure to keep you up to date on any of those. Now, each week, I want to open up every episode with a shout out to some type of resource that I found helpful or a highlight that I feel like you might want to go and check out. In most cases, they're not going to have anything to do with the topic of the day. Um, You know, I, I get asked a lot of questions about outdoor adventure type things or spiritual formation or cool places to visit or opportunities to take advantage of. And so I just want to, as I come across these, I want to just give shout outs and point you towards them so that you can go and check them out. Now I'm calling it this uh, segment of the episode, a shout out, but if you've got a better title for me or a better name for this segment, please let me know. Um, I couldn't come up with anything cool. So it's just, Hey, shout out. So this week's shout out, the first shout out, what I want to give to is let me first set context on this. If you If you are a woman in ministry, and by that, I mean, you might be on staff at a church, but you might not be, you might be serving as a volunteer. You might be paid. You may not be paid, right? You, you might have a title. You might not have a title, but you're serving in the local church. You're in ministry. I want to shout out to you right now. You need to go and check out Propel Ecclesia. Now I'm one of the coaches in Propel Ecclesia and I love it. It is so much fun, but it is a five month coaching cohort experience with webinars, small groups, which are what each of the cohorts are. We meet on zoom. There's one-on-one coaching. We all get together in person for a summit. It is absolutely incredible. And, um, I know we're getting ready to start. This is going to be our third round of cohorts. And so right now registration is closed, but I decided to highlight Propel Ecclesia in my very first, you know, episode uh, where that I'm doing a, a, a shout out because I want to get it on your radar. I want to make sure you're watching for it, that you're tuning, that you're like, you know, following Propel Women and watching for the next time when it opens up, because this is one of those experiences, like I'm, 
30 years ago, I wish this had existed when I was just going into ministry. But let me tell you this. It's not just for the younger women, and it's not just for those who are just starting out. We have women in all age categories, and I wish I'd had this experience. And so um, now I get to experience it as a coach with all of these women, and it is so amazing, so encouraging. So I will put the link in the show notes. Please check it out. Um Trust me, it's just, it's an absolutely incredible experience. Now, as I mentioned last week, on this podcast, we're going to have conversations, we're going to have interviews, we're going to have a lot of stories, and today, I want to share a crazy story that I first heard years ago. In fact, now this is a true story, and when I first heard it, I was like, there is no way that's true. So I checked it out on Snopes. And, uh, you know, because oftentimes we think, no, it's just an urban legend. And so Snopes has people that digs it, that will dig into like, is this an urban legend or not? They do their research and then they report on it. And so I read about it on Snopes and they said, no, this is legit. This is true. So I'll make sure to put a link about this story into the show notes. You can read up on it on your own. Um, most of what I'm going to actually share here, and I'm going to just sort of read some of this off is from the Snopes article. So let's jump into this. A man by the name of Larry Walters. He was a 33-year-old North Hollywood truck driver. And on July 2nd, 1982, Larry filled 45 weather balloons with helium and tethered them in four tiers to an aluminum lawn chair that he purchased at Sears. He loaded his makeshift aircraft, which he dubbed the Inspiration One, with a large bottle of soda, milk jugs full of water for ballast, a pellet gun, a portable uh, CB radio, an altimeter, and a camera. Donning a parachute, Larry climbed into his chair from the roof of his girlfriend's home in San Pedro while two friends stood at the ready to untether the craft. His mooring line was cut by the roof's sharp edges so he took off much faster than expected. As people looked on, Larry Walters rocketed into the sky above San Pedro. A few minutes later, Larry radioed the ground that he was sailing across Los Angeles Harbor toward Long Beach. Now, Walters had planned to fly 300 miles into the Mojave Desert, but the balloons took him up faster than expected. And the wind didn't cooperate. And Walters quickly found himself drifting 16,000 feet above Long Beach. He later reported he was so amazed by the view that he didn't even take one picture. Now, as Larry and his lawn chair drifted into the approach path to Long Beach Municipal Airport, perplexed pilots from two passing Delta and TWA airliners alerted air traffic controllers about what appeared to be an unprotected man floating through the sky in a chair. Come on, friends. Can you even imagine? What if you'd been on one of those planes and you look out your window, you're coming in to land and you see some dude hanging. He's sitting in a lawn chair. Like he's up floating in the air with these balloons. Like this is crazy. It says, meanwhile, Larry, feeling cold and dizzy in the thin air, three miles above the ground, shot several of his balloons with the pellet gun to bring himself back down to earth. 
He attempted to aim his descent at a large expanse of grass of a North Hollywood country club, but Larry came up short and ended up entangling his tethers in a set of high-voltage power lines in Long Beach, about 10 miles from his liftoff site. Now, just note, I, I saw an interview with him uh, th that was recorded, and I guess um, he was really, really nervous when he was approaching those wires, and I can understand why. It says in the article that the plastic tethers protected Walters from electrocution as he dangled above the ground until firemen and utility crews could cut the power to the lines, which, by the way, blacked out a portion of Long Beach for like 20 minutes. And then Larry managed to maneuver his chair over a wall, step out, and cut the chair free. And then he gave the chair away to some admiring neighborhood children, a decision, I guess, that he later regretted. And I saw an article recently on that, that the man who, the child that was given that chair, I mean, what is this, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, whenever this happened, he actually donated the chair to a museum, and it's on display now at an, uh, some type of a museum. So anyway, um, one account, now this is not verified by Snopes, but another account that I read said that a reporter asked him, Larry, why did you do this? And Larry's response was simply this. Sometimes a man cannot just sit around. And you know, um, whether or not he actually said that, I do agree with him on that. Sometimes we can't just sit around, sitting around scrolling, sitting around flipping channels, sitting around caught up in everybody else's life and experiencing life happening to us. We are not called to sit around. Now, by no means am I advocating some reckless behavior with weather balloons and a lawn chair, but risks? Yes. Yes. You see, we're not, we're not called to approach life with some case, sarah, sarah, whatever will be mentality. God's given us agency, which is the power to make choices. And yet at the same time too, the wayfaring life is not about designing life my way, like that old Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. But it is about using our agency to choose to trust and follow him, the one who is the way, to take steps of faith, even when we don't understand or even when it demands a sacrifice. It is choosing to walk by faith. I mean, just a reminder from last week, as wayfarers, we are travelers on the way to a destination. We've not arrived, but we know the way, the one who knows the way. And so we follow him. And along the way, there is everything from the crazy to the mundane, the predictable to the comical, the painful to the unbelievable. It's an adventure. Sometimes we cannot just sit around. Now, when I think about biblical stories, probably the best example of this that comes to mind is the story of Abraham. And, um, you know, if you were raised in church, he was a very prominent figure in the Old Testament. And, uh, and if you were raised in Sunday school like I was, you probably remember the old song, Father Abraham, which was when you're a youth leader or a children's leader. Um, it's like the song that will never end. I'm not going to sing it for you or anything like that here today. Um, but Abraham was a prominent figure. And he was first known as Abram, but for the point of today and not be confusing, we're just going to call him Abraham on this entire story. And God calls him to go to a land. You remember this. If this has been preached so many times, to go to a land that I will show you. God didn't give him a map. He didn't give him a GPS, right? 
Um, you can imagine Abraham just looking at God and just like, well, where are we going? And God's just like, just get up and start going. Well, how am I going to know when, when, when I get there? And God's like, I'll tell you when you're there. And here's the thing. Abraham was no different from you or from me. Where he lived, his land that he lived in originally was called the land of us. He would have been comfortable. Life would have been predictable. He probably felt some safe um, measure of security and safety. He had community. And yet God calls him to go to a land that he's promising him. And he's telling him he's got to leave all of that behind. And he doesn't tell him how he's going to get there. He doesn't tell him the way. He just tells him to start walking. He doesn't give him pictures of where he's going. There's no digital brochure. And he had to leave everything else behind. You know, that challenges me. I mean, what does that look like in your life? What does that look like in my life when God calls us to step forward and we're going to have to leave some things behind and yet we don't have a lot of clarity of like exactly what it's going to look like when we arrive at the place that God is taking us to. And I often think that as we get older, it gets a little harder to just step out because we find ourselves attached to salary, paycheck, role, title. But God says, follow me. And sometimes when he says that, he says, leave some of those things behind. You know, I found myself in a similar position a few years ago when I sensed that God was telling me it was time to resign from my position at the church where I had served for over 30 years. And my questions for God were these questions. God, where am I going? I mean, it was nerve wracking. I'm single. There's no second income. God, what are you calling me to do? I don't know what this looks like. And his response to every one of my questions was, trust me. <laughs> He didn't give me any maps. I had no idea where I would end up. He didn't give me a game plan. I I literally felt like I was a trapeze artist at a circus swinging. And he's telling me to let go of the trapeze, but I can't see the other bar swinging toward me. He just kept saying, trust me. So at that time I was in a coaching program where I was being trained to be a coach. And I was telling one of my friends about where I was at. And she told me it was great. She's like, you know, Dawn, when God tells you to let go of the trapeze bar, you need to remember that he's the net beneath you. And she's like, you know, there is another bar coming towards you, but he's the net under you. You're not going to fall. Or if you fall, he's got you. But it was so scary. And you know, for Abraham, it was the same thing. He had to fully trust God. But you know what? In his case, along the way, he stopped for a season at a place called Haran. Now we don't know why Abraham stopped and we can speculate on this. We do know he was told when he was called by God to leave, to go to this promised land, he was supposed to leave all his family behind. And yet we find him traveling with his father and his nephew. So was there family pressure to stop? We don't know, but we do know that he stopped and he lived for a season in Haran. So for a season, he was not pursuing the call of God on his life. I don't know about you, but I can relate to that. Along the way, it gets easy to stop off. I mean, maybe sometimes we just feel like I just need a second to to catch my breath. And then in doing so, I get comfortable. Maybe you do too. And then before we know it, time goes by. We're part way with partial obedience. Yet God's call is not completed. It's not done. Abraham was not called to go to Haran. He had stopped short. But I'm so encouraged by God's patience with Abraham. Because eventually, 
He gets back up and he continues on with the call. And this season of getting comfortable, this season of being distracted, it did not negate God's promise and call on his life. That encourages me because sometimes we get sidetracked. Maybe even today you might find yourself sidetracked, but you know what? God's call is still valid. It's not done. You have not negated God's promise or forfeited it. Don't let shame hold you back. You might've missed some time, but it is not too late to get back in line and leaning in and following the call of God on your life. Remember that as wayfarers, we're called to leave the comfortable and the predictable. And even when God doesn't give us a map to trust the one who is the way with our life, it is a call to risky living. When I think back over the last three years, I had no idea the opportunities the Holy Spirit had for me because he didn't show them to me in advance. I had to let go of the trapeze bar. I had to step out. I had to trust and follow him. And I did. And there is no way I would ever go back. So how might God be calling you? Like Lawn Chair Larry, let's not just sit around being comfortable. There is more. I may not have a map, but I know the one who is the way, so I'm going to follow him. I hope you do the same. So as we come towards the end of this episode, and in most episodes, I want to end it by bringing in some coaching questions, something that you can think about. Now, coaching questions are open-ended questions. They're, they're questions for you to ponder. So here's the question for you today. And it is one the Lord gave me a few years ago, and it comes to us straight out of the Bible. It can be found in Joshua chapter 18, verse three. And here's what it says. How long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors has given you? That's a gritty question, but man, will it give your life traction? Will you join me in letting go of the trapeze? Come on, let's not just sit around. God's got you. He's got us. Let's press on. Thank you for joining me today on This Wayfaring Life. If you'd like more information on coaching with me, head over to thiswayfaringlife.net, where I offer growth coaching for life, leadership, and spiritual formation. See you next time.